KG, and this is not safe for network. There's nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. What's in the box? What's in the box? Montucky Skies. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Better than Alan Thick. <laughs> Better than Alan Thick? What happened to Alan Thick? He passed away today. Really? Yeah. Robin finally killed him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I didn't I just saw the headline. I didn't check into it any oh okay well um sorry alan thick dude alan, i actually loved alan thick uh i i grew up on growing pains so yeah me too yeah so he was the dad on growing pains uh and could not stand kurt cameron in real life <laughs> to be fair who can <laughs> it's true uh, yeah, Kirk Cameron sort of, I guess he didn't start out the way he is now on the show, but eventually wound up that way before the show was over with his real extremist Christian views. And so I guess like nobody else on the cast liked him by the end of the show and like the rest of them actually like meet up, would meet up and have dinners and stuff and hang out and like not Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> He was left out of it. I don't know if Leonardo DiCaprio was in that circle or not, because he only came in in the last season. So it's sort of hard to even remember that if it's not for the fact that it became so huge. Yeah. Because he was in like one season. They like brought him in. Like they kind of adopted him basically. I guess just to bring in another kid. <laughs> Kirk Cameron was older and became like hardcore Christian, so he didn't want to do anything where he was uh like uh mischievous. Not hanging out with Boner anymore. No, not hanging out with Boner anymore. <laughs> Richard Stabone. Uh but yeah, Alan Thick also wrote the different strokes theme song. Like he was actually a musician before he got his role on Growing Pain, so like that, why don't we just sing it for Alan Thick? Do you know that song? No. Okay. No, I'm I'll, trying to think of it. I'll sing it. I'm gonna get some echo here. Hold on. Now the world don't move to the beat. It just won't drum. Well, might not be right for you. So yeah, there we go. That's enough. <laughs> Different strokes it takes. We know the rest of it, right? Everybody yeah. knows that song, even if you didn't grow up with different strokes. Uh, that's that's a real bummer, dude. So when did you hear about that? Just like while I was w- waiting for three trains to cross, <laughs> so, <laughs> I was checking Facebook. This is super new news then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I made the mistake of only checking the news up to an hour ago. I didn't so. even have like the chance to check Snopes and make sure that it's a real story. So, Oh, it, so this might not even be true. It might not be true, but I saw it on several different 
people. So, well, usually, listener, when, you'll have already known by reading the description whether we're speaking about the rumor of Alan Thick dying or whether he actually died. So, yeah, and it was one of those things there because I've seen like the fake celebrity deaths on Facebook, but usually it's the same sort of source. Mm-hmm. So, do you remember when? Uh, like a, a couple days after Chris Farley died, I remember you came down from college to visit and we had both heard the same false rumor, which was, I want to, it was another SNL star had died according to the rumor, but it wound up not being true. I almost want to say it was like Adam Sandler. But yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And like, we were just like, wow, that's fucking crazy. And that would have been sad because like he hadn't put out a shitload of bad movies by that point. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it'd be sad anyway, but <laughs> I would like to remember him for good movies. It would be nice if he started making a few so that we could remember That would be great. But at this point, his catalog is starting to weigh towards the way bad end, so... Can't mention Adam Sandler without shit talking <laughs> at this point. Uh, so we wa- the other night we were sitting in uh, watching Netflix after River got done with their concert, which uh, our girls were in the same same orchestral concert, like same band even. Yeah. So there's like three bands that played, but they were in the same band, which is kind of cool. They did like a melody of Michael Jackson songs. Yeah, I actually recorded that. Oh, you recorded that? Nice. Yeah. yeah, let's see. If I remember right, they started with Man in the Mirror, and then they went to I'll Be There from like Jackson 5, and then to Thriller. So it's pretty sweet. But they didn't do like the 20-minute version of Thriller. They did like al- like part of the album cut. Yeah. <laughs> no Vincent Price either. I was a little bummed out. <laughs> but it's all good. We didn't get to hear used neighborhoods from... Vincent Price. So, um, but <clears throat> we we got home. And like the the younger siblings went to bed, and then I was just sort of looking around, saw Days of Confused, and I was like, "Huh, this would be interesting to watch Days and Confused with River because I watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High minus some of the naughty parts, and I was like, there's probably not a lot of parts that I have to skip out of Days of Confused, and there wasn't anything like we just sat down and watched it, but." Um, I had a couple of thoughts while I was watching it because I literally have not watched Days to Confuse since the 90s. Like it was, it some hasn't point, been that long for me, but it's been it's been a stitch. Been, been a little while. Yeah, um, I probably haven't watched it since the mid to late 90s, somewhere around there. Like I know I watched it quite a few times, like all in one chunk, and then just didn't watch it again for a long time. Uh, my first. The first thing that that I noticed was totally holds up, I think. Like, kids act like kids in that. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of archetypes of people in there, and I think that the stuff they do... It's not like Fast Times at Ridgemont High where they're sort of, like, exploring mall culture because it's, like, the mall culture stuff was, like, definitely had a time, and that time's passed. The only thing that felt dated was, like, the hazing. Like, there was all the paddling. But I have a feeling like that still goes on somewhere, you know? Like, I'm sure that that still goes on. I don't know that it's necessarily, like, accepted by the town like it is in that movie. But I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I don't know. Like I, it sounded like from some older people I've talked, like hazing in high school was totally a thing that happened a lot back in those days. And that was long gone by the time we were in high yeah. school. Yeah. But the college hazing, not so much, even though it's illegal. Like, no, that went on for a lot longer. So, and I, I would say it probably still, still goes on at a, quite a few colleges. Yeah. But, uh, like the thing with Days of Confused that I really noticed is like it's a lot of like archetypes of people. Like when I watched that, it was like, okay, I, I was actually like putting names to people in <laughs> my head of like who this person is. Because it's like if you're in a big enough high school, I think you know people who represent most of those characters. Yeah. And that's why it feels real to me. Like it feels like kids, you know, like you always have those kids. But uh, one thing that I was really relieved for was when we were watching it, uh, the Wooderson character, who's Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right. All, all right, right. All right. All right. Very happy that River was very creeped out by him. <laughs> <laughs> very relieved. That's uh, a good sign. <laughs> yeah. But it, it led me to thinking like. I never really thought when I originally watched that movie, which was like, I mean, I think I saw it when I was in high school the first time. Like, I think it was like 93 that that movie came out. So, like, I watched it a bunch when I was in high school. And, like, I never thought of that dude as being a total creep. Like, I thought that line where he's like, I get older and they stay the same age. Like, I was, I thought that was funny when I was in high school and I watched that down. I'm like, that dude is such a creeper. Like, I kind of thought he was a creep back then. Yeah. I mean, I knew the high school girls thing was kind of creepy, but, like, I didn't realize the extent of how creepy it was until I was older, I guess. And I didn't have any time to like gauge it in between. It's literally like high school Alex versus 37 year old Alex, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I was a little off put by like how creepy he was, but like Matthew McConaughey does nail it. Like I'd still know like three or four people who are exactly like that. In yeah. So many ways. Like just like every conversation is like around cars or like the man trying to he doesn't say the man but it's basically like he knows what's best and he's just gonna smoke butt or whatever and like nobody tells him what to do and it's like i know so many people like that who just like will go on and on about their hemi and like how they had to quit that job because they're telling you what to do man all you need is your papers and your buzz and you'll be just fine <laughs> <laughs> So that guy definitely still exists. Uh, the other thing that really stuck out to me was Slater. Uh, he's the stoner guy with the really long hair. You know, the guy who's like, I'm going to give you shotgun, but it's because I'm going inside. You know, oh, that the, guy? the dude with the long hair and the the like beanie thing. Yeah, and has the whole theory about George Washington with weed. Yeah. like, And he's like... And every, every good man has a good woman behind him. And that was woman was Martha Washington. She'd have a big bull waiting for George when he'd come back from Valley Forge and all that. <laughs> Stalking all that crap. And I was watching that guy and I'm like, this guy's not funny anymore. Like, I don't know why. I just like, I thought he was like the funniest thing in that movie when I was in high school. I watched that now and I'm like, this dude's just a burnout idiot. Like, he, did, he didn't even make me laugh. <laughs> maybe it's because i remembered all the catchphrases like the stuff that made me laugh at the time but 
it just didn't even like strike me as funny. And maybe that's just because it's been done to death. Yeah. That's probably a lot of it. Yeah. Anyway, that was my, my cursory thoughts of Days Confused. Anything stick out at you the last time you'd watch it that you can think of? Not really. Okay. Well, moving on. Let's, let's hit a little bit of news. What do you say? Sure. Okay. Um, so we, we just watched the trailer for War of the Planet of the Apes. Yes. Okay. So my understanding is you've not seen the second of the most recent reboot. Correct. Right. Or the reboot of the remake. The, 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 the second. Okay. You did not see the sequel to the remake of the reboot of Planet of the Apes. That would be correct. Okay. Okay. So this one is a sequel to that one, obviously. Um, I really liked the last one. I thought it was the best of the Planet of the Apes other than the original. And this isn't me being like, super snotty like you know it'll never be better than the original it's just the original such a classic and like so good and well written and like hits so many subjects and does it well um but it was like a really interesting movie that like really tried to like push a pacifism message i thought through it and just looking at the inevitable horrors of war and it seems like this movie takes that to the logical conclusion in the trailer. But I gotta say, I wasn't, I wasn't like blown away or excited when I was watching the trailer. It's just like, but I, I've gotten two good movies out of these guys. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just like, they've done enough to where like, it doesn't matter if the trailer is super cool or not. Like, I'm just going to go to it. But like the trailer for the last movie, like blew me away. I was just like, this looks so cool. And this one, I'm like, meh, but I'm happy Woody Harrelson's in it. <laughs> he basically kind of looks like he did a natural born killer that's kind of what bit. i thought when <laughs> i saw it a little bit of mickey going on there it was kind of half because he was like shaving his head through one part of it the trailer so that's what really stuck as far as the natural born killers the other half was half his character from the uh that one movie with all the I'm drawing a all the <laughs> the one with uh, zombies Jennifer Lawrence with Gen- oh Hunger Games yeah those ones oh see he didn't seem burned out to me though he looked like he was ready to burn the world down in this one <laughs> but yeah um I don't know like I I'm sure the trailer did its job but like there's definitely like big war scenes that they're showing with like like some sort of military going on on both sides. And so I'm sure that's really exciting to some people. That's not like what will necessarily draw me to a trailer, but I really, really like these movies. And uh, it does seem like it's going to lead up to the original planet of the apes, the way that they're going. Like I, I would be very surprised if this doesn't end in the eradication of humans. Which, if you watch the last one, there's a couple good humans, but like you sort of, you really get the impression that like the apes are better than people. <laughs> like they just are. <laughs> they are better than the people in the second movie. There's like three good humans, and and the rest of them are easily tricked and stupid and warlike. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, are you gonna see it? Are you gonna check it out? 
I don't know. It depends on if I get caught up on the second one. Yeah. You have any plans on watching the second one? Are you like against it or for it or? You know, it's just one of those things I don't have a drive to see. Mm-hmm. But if it was available, I would watch it. I can hand you the Blu-ray tonight <laughs> if you'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to force you into anything. No. I don't want the awkward situation where you're staring at the Blu-ray across the room for like two months either. No, and it's I'm just part saying part it of that like I'm in. It's getting the rest of the family to watch him watch like that's a real bummer i i had to like really talk my wife into going to that first reboot uh not the tim burton one the the remake of the reboot sorry yeah i had to really talk her into going to the remake of the reboot because the commercial looks so bad for it and then i kept reading reviews about how good it was and i knew it was going to leave the cinemark soon so i'm like we should really check this out. And I kind of talked her into it and like, she's just in now. Like she's excited. Like she even watched the trailer and she's ready to go see the new one. So, um, my wife, like once she's in on something, she's pretty much in uh, until the end, (laughs) which is weird. I never would have thought of her as a completionist, but it is like, it bothers her. She hasn't been watching walking dead. (laughs) But I'm not watching another second of it. So, yeah, it's funny because there's a couple things. I've actually started watching Walking Dead again. I'm almost through the last of the last season. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got like three episodes left. <clears throat> Let me ask you a question. Why? I mean, I'm just asking. Because it was on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> there's other things on Netflix, dude. <laughs> I know, but it's... There's just that part of me. It's Because it's like... One of the first things I see is always The Walking Dead when it's like, you need to continue watching this. And you're like, no, I don't. <laughs> now it's just wore you down. Yeah. All right. Are you on? Are, so are you watching the sixth season then? Not whatever the one before the current season is. Yeah. I think that's season six. Yeah, have fun, dude. It's, that season is a shit show, man. It's it's as bad good. as advertised. <laughs> I and it's the part the part that really kind of bothers me about it because I've because I've read up through all the stuff they're covering now, mm-hmm. so I have a pretty good idea what's going on. So it's nothing that like really catches me. I like this that season was so bad. That I mean, I was on the edge of quitting the show at the end of the fifth season, and like I just wound up hanging on ultimately because my wife wanted to watch it, and uh, I was just like done by the end of that season. I was just like so tired of it. It just made me mad, like how bad it was yeah. in its worldview and everything. The weird thing is, I'm totally like looking forward to like binging some of the comics again here soon because <laughs> I'm past that. I have no interest in seeing how tackle it for the show. There's a distinct difference in tone between the comics and the and the show, because the show is really dour. Yeah, and the comics there is some light moments in the comics plus sex, right? <laughs> and all the stuff that goes along with that, though, because it does kind of level things out a little bit for me when I'm reading the comics. 
Because, you know, there's some love interests and, you know, there's a few more things than just how bad this world is. Yeah. So I've thought about this a lot, like why I've justified still reading the comics, but I can't watch the show. And the lesser thing is the worldview, which is a huge thing in the show for me is like their shitty worldview. But like in the comics, like. They have a problem with humans, but they also don't seem to have a problem like bringing new people into the group and like expanding. Yeah. And it does seem like they work way harder in the comics of retaining humanity than they do in the show. It seems like they're willing to just throw humanity out the window the second that they have a difficult problem. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at with like the show. But the main thing that I've noticed is that in the comics, they have a story, and it unfolds, and they don't fuck around with that story. Like, they tell the story, and they get out, right? Like, yeah. the show does not. And, like... It it's drags gotten, so bad. Yeah, it's gotten so much worse. Like, it was pretty good in the first season, and then the second season, like, drug for a while, and then they figured it out. And then the third season was pretty good. And then I can't really like speak highly of any season. I feel like there was high moments, but it's just like they like drug stories to fucking death. Um, and that's that's been my problem with the show is just like it's it's all it's how can I put it? Like it's all meat, but there's no fat that makes the meat taste good. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. And they're like, we're not going to get to the me- to the bone every episode, but we will have plenty of meat for you. And it's like, bitch, I want the meat to taste good. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's missing it's missing the fat that makes it tasty. It doesn't it's, have the marbling in it. Yeah, it's like some shitty fucking lean-ass thing that's like, well... Maybe that's not even a good good comparison because you know that lean meat is at least better for you, and I don't think that that show is better <laughs> for you. I don't think it's good for you in any way. But I still think back to the pilot, and that was maybe one of the most promising pilots I've ever seen. Like, it was just so well done, and I think that was Frank Darabont. And when I really think back on it, I wonder what would have happened if Frank Darabont had like stuck on with it. Yeah, like he had the sophomore janks with the second season, but it's just gotten so bad. I would have liked to have seen him stick with it, I guess. You know, like just looking back because he fucking knew how to direct an episode. Like he really did. That first season was so solid. So I don't know. Maybe even the second showrunner did a pretty good job. But the third showrunner has not been that great. So I don't know. Let's move on to a show we do like, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah. So they just finished off the finale. Um, we'll just put out spoilers. Like, you might want to scan ahead a little bit if you don't, if you haven't caught up. But I watched three episodes in the same day. <laughs> like, I watched uh, two back to back. It's funny because I have them on recorded and then I'll go and watch them. And the last, what was it, episode eight, the, uh, I was watching it and then I will, I don't know like where my brain went, but so I started watching episode 10 and I'm like, oh shit, no. <laughs> totally skipped nine. Yeah. Cause they always did the re, 
do the recap at the very beginning. So it basically like gave you the bullet points for episode nine. Yeah, and then it's like, damn it, I don't want to see this. Yeah. But I'm glad I know like to stop and backtrack. No, it occurred to me I've been so busy with all the Christmas stuff going on that I just hadn't been able to watch the show and I was like I had like a good two hours and I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna watch Evil Dead. And it was like ten o'clock and I watched like the first two and then I waited an hour and then Amazon Prime dropped the third episode. <laughs> and nice. So I watched that. It was great. It was such great timing. I just had to take like an hour off and then I jumped into the finale. But I like that they brought in the cabin again. I feel like this is going to be like a recurring thing at the end of seasons, maybe. Well, they blew it up. So <laughs> I mean, in that timeline, <laughs> who knows where But that going. was back in the 80s. So yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting because they go like okay so this is one of those things because it's kind of a dumb show and i love it i'll cut it slack and not tear it apart too much but i do gotta say man that stuff doesn't work for where they're at <laughs> like you do not get to change everything in the past like that and then go back to the future and have the sheriff still dead and like be banging his wife and like have everybody <laughs> remember what happened when he saved him from demons. Because when he went to the past, he changed that so that like the demons didn't take over all that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. No, none of that timeline really made sense. But it is interesting because they got to end the season with Ash being a hero. Yeah. I thought it was really funny where uh, Ash gets his hand back for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. It was a good 15 minutes. It was like half the episode. It was just enough to where like I kept waiting for him to lose the hand. It was sort of like uh, uh hot tub time machine where you're waiting for that dude's hand to go <laughs> you know he's like juggling chainsaws and doing all that shit but i was just waiting for the hand to go and then like i didn't let my guard down but i stopped actively thinking about him losing the hand right before he lost the hand yeah <laughs> which was i thought it was move. really funny that ted Raimi is the one to cut his hand off that was really fun too that like they started the season with Ted Raimi being friendly Ted Raimi who's like Bruce Campbell's or Ash's friend and then like they had him re replay Henrietta again like in the big fat suit yeah yeah that was pretty cool I really I really like that they did that touch you know there was a lot of callbacks that I really like because they actually did touch on a lot of the uh army of darkness stuff yeah he out and out like like because okay so basically he goes back in time to um to make sure that pablo is alive because pablo dies right which i called it remember i was do you remember when i said like this season they almost have to kill one of the group to like sort of like give that grittiness and like they got to give you some sort of a low blow but yeah. i'm pretty sure i said that doesn't mean they'll stay dead <laughs> it just means like you have to do that for a plot at some point so it happened i called it just want to point that out <laughs> but like so he goes he goes back he gets tricked into going back in time to bring pablo back and so when he goes back in time we get to see everything that happened right before Evil Dead, which was pretty sweet. Like, it was nice to get that little run in. But 
when like the ghost of Pablo is sort of telling him this stuff, which is obviously the demon telling him, which I picked up on immediately <laughs> when I was watching that. Well, consider he's like driving around smoking angel dust. <laughs> yeah, he's smoking angel and immediately sober when he gets to the past, by the way. But uh <clears throat> which is like perfect continuity for Evil Dead, I gotta say. Because <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff in Evil Dead that doesn't line up. But um, he even says, like, oh, yeah, I went to medieval times at one time, which I really appreciated that they were just like, we got to throw in some sort of Army of Darkness reference so that people know that it happened. Because, like, by that point, I was completely surprised when he said that because I was just operating off of the idea that he never did, like, go to the past. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they just never, ever referenced Army of Darkness. So. Um, they must have figured out that legally they could say he went to medieval times that one time. I think that's what he said. So, but there was a couple of things there. Um, one where he like had the little dude inside of him. Yeah. So he's like drinking the boiling water and hot sauce, and <laughs> basically redoing that. And he stepped on the nail, which was the scene from. Uh, Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yeah, that was and, all that windmill scene, pretty much. And the very end, where the way they zoomed out to the parade reminded me of the scene where it cuts to the S Mart in Army of Darkness. I could see. It. Well, they like focus on the the flashing light, I think, in that. But yeah, yeah. but it was like the blue of the big pinata of ash. Okay. Uh, what else was I gonna say about that? Um, I don't know. Just like oh, the, the what was the was, one other thing was when Pablo gets resurrected, and you see him like digging his hand out, look just like the Evil Dead poster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I picked up on that too. Um, I also like that there's something going on that his dad did that they didn't cover. Like you know what I mean? Like his dad was gonna tell him something. And uh, he just sort of ignored it. And his dad was going to tell him something before he died, too. And he and didn't get a chance to tell him because he died. And so it's like it was really I like that they left. They left something on the table for the third season. Yeah. Like his dad did something. I'm going to guess like made some sort of deal with a demon. Like that's that's my guess. I don't know. But uh We'll find out, I guess. But they let they left that open. They left that on the table. They gave you that little reminder in the finale, which tells me like this is going to be a big part of the third season. So um, I I like that they gave him his hero moment, but I also like that like <laughs> it's going to be snatched. For they shit on it. They're going to shit on it so fast. <laughs> yeah, because you can't have him like you can't have an ending like he did in the first season every single time. That was such a great ending for that season where he just sells out humanity. Did you watch the post credit scene? Yes, but I can't remember what it was. Well, it was outside that little Volkswagen bug that a couple of kids find the Necronomicon. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, and they're gonna. I mean, you can't you can't have him permanently vanish evil. That just like fucks up the show. <laughs> Unless he just gets drunk and reads from it or something again, which is entirely possible. Well, that and Pablo's covered in the books, so. 
That's true. <laughs> and it, that's the other thing you still cover with the book. How does that work? Like, none of that would have happened. Yeah, there's, there's like, when you start, like, really looking at the past timeline, not much holds up very well. There's major <laughs> problems with that. Like, I'm the dude who always notices the time travel problem, so... That's like my area of expertise. Like if you're ever writing a time travel script, I can't necessarily tell you how to make it work, but I can tell you when it doesn't work. <laughs> if that helps anybody, yeah. <laughs> just like shoot me an email, dude. I'll let you know. <laughs> shoot me the script, like a little PDF. I'll read it. I got nothing better to do <laughs> other than editing alien movie project in this thing. I don't do a whole lot. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's that whole fatherhood thing, but that's only so much work. time. Yeah, that's only so much time. I have, like, a lot of time at night. <laughs> I have enough time to read somebody's time travel script anyway. So, I did watch a movie on Netflix this week I want to talk about. What'd you watch? Yoga Hosers. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I watched that last week and I forgot to bring it up. Um, in fact, I even watched it with River and Jade because I told them, I was like, all right, this is PG-13 and it's made for you. It's not made for me. So I want to hear your guys' opinions on it because it's like Kevin Smith said, he made it for like tween girls basically. Yeah. Okay. So what did you think? I thought it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> pretty awful, huh? It was pretty pretty bad in my opinion did you watch it with shannon no i uh i was gonna and then she ended up going to a friend's house or something so i didn't get a chance to watch it with her but yeah i saw it on the day it dropped on netflix so i had it marked out because uh, i read a week before it came out that it was dropping a netflix so i was all prepared for it i already had it added to my queue um yeah i so I wasn't like wild about it. I laughed at a couple of scenes, but it was easier for me to take because I knew going in that this wasn't made for me. Yeah, and I knew that too. It's just, and I, ha I also had the luxury of like having two girls giggling through the whole movie. <laughs> um, this is great too. River gave her review of it. Like I didn't record it. I, man, I should have, but it's not, Anyway, she still did her 10-star system <laughs> that she used to do on Pink Cheetah reviews. Uh, and so she gave it 7 out of 10 stars. She said it wasn't great, but it was good enough where she'll watch it again at some point. So that was where she fell on it. And, like, you know, there's all the butt stuff. So, like, of course, they were rolling and thought it was hilarious with all that stuff. So... Um, myself, there was little moments that I liked, but yeah, a lot of the movie, I was just looking at the clock like, holy God, when's this going to be over? Yeah. But I don't hold it against Kevin Smith. Like I knew, no. I I actually knew what I was getting into. So yeah. It wasn't so and I'm, bad. I'm in the same boat. I think you are. And I think I just wanted to watch it. Just a, it's a Kevin Smith movie. And yeah, we watch them all. Um, but I really kind of wanted to see like what the tone of the movie was a, to see shit. if the I really want my kids watching that <laughs> right because it's Kevin Smith would you where'd you land on that I wouldn't care if they watched it yeah 
I was just trusting because it was PG-13 that it would be edgy but not too bad. Like Jersey Girl. I would watch Jersey Girl with the kids. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, eh, it's prob- it probably is not much worse than Jersey Girl. So it's definitely worse than Jersey Girl in terms of, uh, um, I don't know, just vulgarity. There's definitely some vulgar stuff in it, but it's... I don't know. It's not that bad. I think the only one I watched with the kids, I think, is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I I watched that with River a while ago. Like I think, I think it was like at the beginning of the summer. I watched that with River, and in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's super cartoony. It's like this big Bugs Bunny cartoon, which it is. But it's like the most vulgar Bugs Bunny <laughs> cartoon ever. Like there were so many moments where I was just like, what did I do? Like inside. Yeah. Jason Muse, I think like is 90% of that. <laughs> like when he's going off about the click commander. <laughs> yeah. When you just said that like a minute ago, I, that's right where my head went. <laughs> and then another the f- horrible I filled scene. the cup. Another horrible scene. I honestly don't remember if this was a extra feature or if it was actually in the movie, but like they had Will Ferrell like jerking off in a bathroom. And I remember being like, ugh, with that too. But I don't remember that scene. Yeah. So it must have been an extra feature then. Like we watched it all in one chunk. So, uh, <laughs> yeah it's just like he's so filthy it's not just him like there's so much filthy stuff in that movie yeah there's a lot where uh like they get caught by uh diedrich bader uh there's the sheep fucker <laughs> yeah there's the diedrich bader thing there's like george carlin talking about taking a shot in the mouth to like hitchhike like <laughs> the whole thing is filthy mark hamill is, plays a character named Cockknocker. <laughs> it's literally mark hamill literally playing a character named Cockknocker. yeah it's uh pretty awkward to watch with the kids <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't recommend that one uh but it is like i sit there and go through like kevin smith movies there's not very many very many things I could watch with her. I could probably watch Red State with her. Uh, you know what we watched uh, last night was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I got to admit, okay, upon reassessment, we um, if you haven't checked out the Bigs on Film where we talk about Fargo, you should check that out. But uh, I did not have it squeak into my top five. I have reevaluated, and I would totally put that in my top five of Coen Brother movies. Like, that movie is genius, and I didn't appreciate it when it came out. Like, not like I should have. Like, that movie is real, real good. And being a little bit older and watching it and knowing the the Odyssey a little bit better than when I had originally watched it, uh, it's just really clever. Like having John Goodman play the Cyclops and having the um, that. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about at all? Have you seen? Over yeah, I have. I'm just trying to think of because the entire movie is supposed to be the Odyssey, which I had forgotten. But it's the Odyssey, and it's done with all the like bluegrass and country music, and uh, 
it's like it's it is the odyssey and it's done in such a fun way like it's just a really good movie so um, yeah check that one out if you haven't recently you know <laughs> i don't up. know if i've actually watched that since it first came out it holds up real well and like George Clooney, super dumb. So yeah. it's the George Clooney you like. Super dumb George Clooney. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you mentioned that Bigs on film. And I'm actually wearing the boots I was talking about. Oh, the ones that the, <laughs> was it the Russian I, was wearing? No. Oh, was it, it was Jerry uh, was wearing? No, it was uh, so many boots. Francis McDonald or uh, McDermott. McDermott. Okay. Okay, we should move on to some other news here. Um, we watched a Spider-Man Homecoming trailer this week, or did you watch it? I did watch that. Okay, what did you think? What was your impressions? I have like super nerdy, super fan impressions, so I'm curious what you saw from that. It looked like a lot of fun. I liked where they were going, like where Marvel's going with with his character. Um, I mean, I didn't really nerd out too much about that, but. It was something that piqued my interest. What was your favorite part of the trailer? I really liked the back and forth between him and uh, Stark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my absolute favorite moment of the trailer is Tony Stark going, so don't do anything that I would do, and don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in between, (laughs) and then he leans in. And like, looks like he's hugging him. He's like, I'm not hugging you. I'm just opening the door. <laughs> like, I love that. And I love that he has to tell him that just to deflate his ego further. Uh, I loved, like, it seems like the action scenes of Spider Man with the criminals is, it is like pitch perfect from the comics. Like, yeah. Having him with like seeing all the robbers. The vulture wearing, looks interesting. Yeah. The vulture looks really interesting. Uh, that's going to be Michael Keaton. Yeah. So. Went from Batman to Birdman to the Vulture. <laughs> There's an evolution <laughs> for sure here. But um, uh, going back, like I really liked it with the robbers wearing all the like Halloween masks of like the Avengers, and it's not even like modern Halloween masks. It's like the ones when we were kids, where it was like the cheap <laughs> rubber band that was stapled on that fucking snapped at some point during the night. Yep, when you're trick or treating. Uh, and just like the way he was making fun of them was like pitch perfect. Like that's exactly how Spider-Man is in the comics. They got close with Amazing Spider-Man, but he came off as kind of douchey in that one. Like he doesn't seem douchey in this one, which I yeah, appreciate. I would definitely agree on that. Uh, getting into super nerd territory, so there's this character named Genki. I think it's pronounced Genki. He's like a friend of Miles Morales, who's the who's the Spider-Man and the ultimate Spider-Man because Peter Parker's died in that universe. Miles Morales took over. So I was watching and I was like, wow, that looks exactly like Genki. That's really interesting. They put that character in and immediately I'm like, that's a great idea because Peter Parker is a total loner in the comics and, and the ultimate Spider-Man like Miles Morales has this friend. So it's like, they're like putting a friend in there so that he can have these conversations you know, and like ground him and stuff. So I was like, that's a really good idea. turns out it's not Genki, but they cast somebody who looks exactly like him. <laughs> like a rotund, like a uh, Filipino looking dude. <laughs> um, but who he is is Norman Leeds. And so that leads me, if you will, to the, the nerdy part of this is that that guy 
is going to be dating Betty Brant, who was uh, Elizabeth Banks in the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And then eventually at some point is the Hobgoblin or is not the Hobgoblin, depending on your reading of it in the comic. Because the Hobgoblin's like identity is sort of sketchy as to whether it's him or this other guy. But like Norman Leeds is like, he was like a kind of a rival to Peter at the bugle. Like he's a, he's a writer and like didn't get along well with Peter Parker. And then he may or may not be the hobgoblin. So that's interesting because I don't think they're going to do anything with the hobgoblin in this movie, but you sort of plant that seed. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so that's that was interesting to me, like on the nerdy take, and I I just found out he's Norman Leeds from like reading around uh, various websites. Like the a- actor kept saying it over and over again. So, but it's just a cast that a dude looked exactly like Yankee. It's <laughs> 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 really weird. So, um, let's see. Was there any other nerdy things? I noticed the costume was a little bit different than it was before not just the webs underneath but like there's weird little blue stripes by the shoulders like i always notice the change in the spider-man costume there are no spider-man costumes alike in any of the movies like if you look close enough they change them in every single movie so um <clears throat> i feel like the one in civil war was probably the closest to to a comic book form yeah. It's very cartoony looking. Um, this one is a little more like, okay, now because it's not Civil War, we're going to make it look a little different, <laughs> which I'm sure they'll do every time. Uh, yeah, I like that Happy Hogan is in that. I think we talked about that already. I saw a teaser to the trailer uh, that showed like John Favreau playing Happy Hogan, like showing a a stapled paper bag with his with his new uniform in it, <laughs> talking about the changes in it, and then they show him like gliding with the the web wings. So, uh, you got anything else to talk about with Spider Man? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's been kind of fucked out that one. We've been talking about Spider Man a lot lately. That's that's the movie I'm looking forward to next year the most. I think. Um, that one followed by episode eight of Star Wars. Yeah. Which, speaking of which, Rogue One this week. Two days from now. Yeah. I'm going to be watching it. Me too. All right. What time are you seeing it at? 10 o'clock. Me too. Nice. Are you in the big XD widescreen thing? Yep. I wish we were sitting together, but I know we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Because I ordered my tickets like days before you did, so there's no way you I feel there. like we ordered like about the same time. Yeah. Oh, did we? Yeah. Where are you at? I don't know. Are you like in the middle of the theater? I'm like pretty dead center in the middle of the theater. Shit, maybe we are sitting next to each <laughs> other, dude. It is a possibility. I'm like dead center in the theater, so we'll see. I'm, well, sure, I'm sure the listeners are fucking really excited. For what'll that be prospect. interesting is... uh if we are close together, then I can't blame me for sitting next to you because, like, <laughs> my wife always has this thing, like, because whenever there's, like, a premiere for a big show like this, we're always, we're always at the same show. And she's like, oh, did you plan this? I'm like, no, you bought the tickets. You picked the seats. <laughs> 
there was like one time that we planned it and she was not happy and we never planned it again but it just kept happening because like we kind of have this if we both have enough money to i think it it seems well i know my theory which is like i'm gonna go to the first xd screening that's in 3d if it's available like every time yeah if it's a movie i really want to see that's the one i should go to yeah and so it's like like we're gonna be at the same show <laughs> like it's just how it is but <clears throat> okay let's see here so we got war of the planet of the apes we got spider-man um a little more comic book news we'll, we'll hit dc we've been pretty dc light lately i just haven't been super excited about all the dc news this one was interesting the hollywood reporter had an exclusive today and it was talking about how David Ayers, who directed Suicide Squad, will direct Gotham City Sirens, not Birds of Prey. The rumor forever, which is a spun off into rumor after rumor after rumor, is not true. They're not doing a Birds of Prey movie. They're doing Gotham City Sirens. And this is way smarter. It's Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy. You're talking about the three most known female villains in DC. And like, they're the ones that like have proven to sell toys by this point. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're also all villains that like have a little bit of a good streak in them. Yeah. It, it makes sense to me. Like it just makes sense because you can strike a similar tone that you did in suicide squad but like you're not sitting there and selling out the characters by making them good and like justifying why they have to be good in the movie. Like they're still villains, but like those are all characters that have their own point of view that who can be on the good side. Yeah. Depending. And by the way, like those three totally together in Batman, the animated series, like those are my, that's my, my daughter's favorite episode of Batman is like when those three team up, and fight some crime. <laughs> so long history of those three being together. How many female villains in comics can you really think of? Like off the top of my head? Yeah. Um Okay, there's like uh there's Killer Frost. There is uh Silver Sable is kind of Good and bad, depending on where it's at. She's like a Spider-Man thing. I think she's in Spider-Man Homecoming, too. That's been the rumor for a long time. Uh, I mean, it's tough going off the top of my head, but I know there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them, but I mean, you have to dig deep on a lot of them. Oh, you mean like like iconic villains? Yeah. I mean, two out of three of them I just listed off. <laughs> <laughs> and Poison Ivy's a pretty big villain, I'd say. Yeah. Time. Most people know who Poison Ivy is, who, who are like, not just comic book fans, but just like superhero movie fans, just because of that shitty Batman and Robin movie. I think people Uma know. Thurman. Yeah. People know who Poison Ivy is. And she's like always a big presence in those animated um, cartoons as well. Uh, yeah, I feel stupid because I can't list off anymore off the top of my head, but I know if I, if like you gave me like 10 minutes off air, I could probably list another 10 pretty easy. Yeah. I just, it's not the best 
like listening i think <laughs> uh, did you have a point with that no i'm just saying like those three together makes a lot of sense because they are real headline villains yeah and i think putting catwoman and harley quinn in the same movie is super smart like it's real smart i think because they both have that ambiguous kind of thing going for them um, they both have a significant other who they shouldn't be with. And hypersexualized. They can be, yeah. I hope, I ho- kind of hope they don't hypersexualize Catwoman. Like, I'm hoping it's closer to Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. But something tells me it's, it's uh, going to be Anne closer Hathaway to Michelle Pfeiffer's. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't mind attractive or anything. I just don't like. Don't get me more booty shorts. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like the booty shorts, but I want my daughter to be able to watch this movie. <laughs> and I could be like, look up to Catwoman, not Harley Quinn. <laughs> when Margot Robbie's ass has more screen time than Batman. By a significant margin. <laughs> Oh, Batman's going to be in this movie for sure, though, right? Like Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy? You'd have to be. Yeah, they're all Batman rogue gallery. Like all three of them. Yeah, he's definitely... Oh, you know there's another female villain? Uh, That one in Suicide Squad who they're all fighting against. Katana? No. Uh, Well, her too. Yeah, the Enchantress. There you go. There's two more. (laughs) Two more. They're all established in the DC universe, except for Silver Sable. All those ones I listed. Uh, okay, let's see. What else? I think that's... Oh, no. I got one more piece of news here. Um, so, CBS said that Chris Obi, Shazad... Oh. Shazad Latif and Mary Chifo. I'm probably saying those names. Boy, you probably wrong. butchered that bad. <laughs> Shafo? Let's go Shafo. Shifu. They will play Klingons in Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Tekevumu is a leader who wants to consolidate all the Klingon houses. Call. I can do these Klingon names better. Hold on. Tekevma. Call. <laughs> Call is a commanding officer and protege of Takevma and Laurel. <laughs> Laurel? No. Laurel. Laurel. Does that sound right? Is that enough? You got to get a lot of phlegm going. Laurel. <laughs> is a battle deck commander of a ship. Uh, uh, of a ship. Cole was in charge of the Klingon fleet that visited Deep Space Nine in some comics after a suspected Cardassian attack. So... We basically, there was a rumor that part of the show was going to like be following like somebody who wasn't the Federation, but they were murky on the details. So it seems like they're going to be following Federation and Klingons at the same time. That's kind of fucking cool. That is kind of cool. I am fascinated by Klingons. Absolutely. Like Star Trek The Next Generation, Worf was my favorite character and it wasn't even close. (laughs) I loved Worf, dude, <laughs> which sucks because he always gets the short end of the stick. You know, I really like the Klingon culture, but I feel like we didn't get as much as we should have. Yeah. I uh, mean, there's, there's a lot. I mean, there was a lot. I mean, if you like 
go over the entire run of the season or the series, there was a lot there. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like you never got really immersed in Klingon culture. Yeah. Which would be something that'd be really interesting to see on screen. Yeah, I'm interested. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I love the Klingons. Um, I love how warlike they are, but then there's that honor thing running through them. And this is a time period. This takes place a couple of years before Star Trek, like the, the original series. And so it's like the Klingons are supposed to be the bad guys at this point, right? But yeah. we've explored Klingons enough to know they're not necessarily bad guys. We just didn't understand them. We, as if we're in the Federation. <laughs> you understand, as a future we, <laughs> future white people in space, <laughs> didn't understand the Klingons. But I'm I'm very excited for this. Um, Klingons were always my favorite villains. Yeah, they were the best. <laughs> I mean, the Romulans were there and. The Romulans, um, I mean, that was the main villain of Next Generation, right? I mean, yeah. It started that in the Borg. Yeah, well, the Borg were the popular ones, right? But you couldn't throw the Borg in too often in Next Generation because they were so, they were completely designed to just fuck over the crew every time they ran into them. And so it's like, you couldn't really feature them all the time without deballing the the villain, which is what they did in Voyager. Quite frankly, they ran into the Borg so much that like you, there wasn't like high stakes when they ran into the Borg after a while because it's just like they're constantly dealing with the Borg. Yeah, you know they develop ways to like deal with the Borg, but like Star Trek: The Next Generation, they're just fucking scary. They're like this thing that they can't handle. That like a zombie is just gonna take over everything, you know. Um, so like the Borg are like the standout, like awesome villains, but like the Romulans were the main villains. Like, I would say that at least a third yeah. of the episode involves Romulans somehow. Uh, whereas like the Borg are like, there's probably like five episodes total in Next Generation, so not even like one a season, you know. Um. Yeah, and then like Deep Space Nine, I think it's like the Cardassians, maybe. I don't know. I, I never don't know. watched that show. <laughs> that show oh, just bored the shit out of me. Yeah, fair enough. It it was I don't know how to put it. It wasn't good. No, I mean it's it's it, simple. It just seemed like it they was. Had- them hanging out with Quarf and the bar. They honestly had really good cast in that show, and the writing was just subpar. Like, that was how I felt. Like, I liked Robert Picardo, who is a hologram doctor. Yeah. Um, I liked, uh, I can't think of her name now, but the, the one who played Janeway, who's in Orange is the New Black now. Oh, uh, Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. Yeah. I liked her. I liked the guy who played the Vulcan in that. Like, there was a lot of, like, really good actors in that. It's just, like, the stories were just boring. (laughs) They were just boring. They were really boring. And, like, I don't know. I've been wanting to give Deep Space Nine another run because I wasn't into it when I was a kid. But everybody I've talked to 
who like is in the know with Star Trek is just like, yeah, it's about Deep Space Nine, man. And it's like really made me want to rewatch it. And then it was sort of solidified by my buddy Eli. I was talking with him because he's watched. I don't think he's watched necessarily every episode of every show, but like a lot of them. And he's just like, yeah, it's so good. And he like he ran through them all on Netflix. And I think he didn't appreciate it when he was a kid either. He's only like two years younger than us. And then he like rewatched it. He was like, yeah, there's some heady stuff going on in that. And I've heard some of the plots and it is like about like never ending war and like the, the horrors of war and things like that, which they don't really spend a lot of time on in Star Trek. And so I'm kind of interested to go back and visiting that. It's just like whether I can get through the really bad special effects. That's really the only <laughs> question because even when I watch episodes of the next generation, there's times where it's just like, you like, I remember when that looks super cool and you watch it now and it's like, uh, not so much, which is weird. Cause it was such a step forward from the original series. Yeah. Did, have they put, uh, enterprise on Netflix? Yeah. They're all on Netflix. Every, Every Star Trek show, including the animated series that was on Nickelodeon, <laughs> are all on Netflix. So, yeah, I've definitely I really like, watched w- a lot of original Trek on Netflix because I really want to do a because I watched a few episodes here and there of Enterprise and really liked it. Mm-hmm. But I I went through a bit of a run on that too. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to go through a run of that. Yeah, I, I've i heard it's not so great until the last season. Like, they tried and, like, the cast is once again good. But, like, there's some subpar stories is what I've heard. But I heard the last season it gets real good and then it got canceled because there just wasn't as much of an interest. Yeah. Um. But, like, that's one of those shows, too, that, like, the the main criticism you hear is kind of dumb, which is, like, the main thing that I hear people getting mad about. And I know those Trekkies are about to get the hair standing up on their back and get really (laughs) pissed off. They hate the theme song. They just hate the theme song because it's like, it's been a long road. You know, I, I, I rolled my eyes when you said that, which doesn't. translate to the podcast very well (laughs) was it because of the corniness of the song or that like people hate the show because of the theme song the people hate the show because of the theme song yeah it's ridiculous it's a terrible song i get that but it's like you know it's funny because i liked the intro i didn't care much for the song but i did watch like the because they had the progression of the HMS Enterprise, yeah, and like it set up what the series was about, which is like we're showing you how Starfleet starts, right? Yeah, like they're showing you the the genesis of it and like how we get to that point. So, yeah, I agree. Like, I like the intro. The song's not great, but I, it also didn't sound like nails on a chalkboard to me either. It 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 didn't bother me like it. So, I mean, I don't know where. Anything that bothered me about that theme song was counteracted by Sam Beckett. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) And I I think that was, like, my main 
emphasis to watching when I did get the chance to watch the show because I really do like uh, Sam, Sam Beckett. Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to be Sam Beckett from now on. Why not? Do you remember when Sam Beckett leaped into that, that gay neighbor in, in uh, American uh, Beauty? Yep. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> when he leaped into the quarterback in Necessary Roughness. <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I <laughs> <laughs> love that movie. And it's great because he never breaks character. They film it in a way where you can't see him talking to Al, so it's almost like he's actually that quarterback. But we know it's Sam. We know it's Sam. Yeah, he's just leaping within his lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping each time the next leap will be the leap home. I think I can do that theme song or that that intro by heart should i try let's see how you get on this okay dr sam beckett stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished he awoke to find himself trapped in the past facing mere images that were not his own and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better his only guide on this journey was al a hologram that only dr beckett could see and hear and so sam finds himself leaping from life to life striving to put right what once went wrong and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. That sound right? Nailed it. Isn't it fucking crazy? Like, I can memorize any theme song that I hear a lot, and because that was at the beginning of every episode, it's like the same thing. It's just like the repetition. There's like a rhythm to it and stuff. I even hear the music in my head where it's like, <laughs> like that really cheap 80s synth like thing that they do in the background. <coughs> yeah. I actually watched a few episodes on Netflix the other day. Oh, is Quant- do they have the whole run on there? Yeah. See, I didn't for a while because for a while there they had targeted episodes. They didn't have all of them. This was like when streaming was still newer. Yeah, I remember when I first had Hulu because they had like three seasons on there. Mm-hmm. But I think they have because they have all the way through. Because I I skipped ahead and watched some of the uh, Evil Leaper episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you fall into the same trap that I do. I think, which is like I love Quantum Leap at any point, but if you leave me to my devices, I'm always going to get the more science fictiony episodes of it. Which is like the evil leaper ones, which is like like any of the special episodes, the one where he goes home. Yeah. Like both of them. The one where he goes home as a teenager and it's like a two parter and then he leaps into like his his uh brother's friend in Vietnam was the second part. Like I watch those ones. I'll watch the ones where he actually goes home and like finds out that he has a wife. Which was like in episode two or three, he changed events so that he had his wife. But they never address it again until that episode a couple seasons later. So that was like a big surprise at the time. There's like the one where um he leaps into JFK. That's interesting because like he's part uh what's his face um uh the guy assassinated JFK. Why can't I think of that? Oswald Lee Harvey Oswald yeah he leaps into Lee Harvey Oswald that was a fun one there's the Halloween one that's batshit crazy I remember that one where he inspires Stephen King to write about Christine I think (laughs) (laughs) like oh it's little Stevie King I think they say in one part something like that 
I love the last episode. It's such a great finale for that show. The last couple episodes of that were really great. Wasn't the JFK one, that was towards the end, wasn't it? I think so. I think they did like that and like Marilyn Monroe towards the end. And like, I think they were trying to stay on the air desperately and it didn't work. That's why they did that finale the way they did it was they didn't know if it was going to be the last episode or not. So they filmed it in a way where they could continue to the next season. But if it like if they didn't get picked up, they could do it as a series finale. So like literally they recorded everything and then do the fade to black. And then like the network was, I think they probably, I think I heard that they filmed him leaping into somebody else for the next episode. And then the network was like, no, we're not picking you up again. So they like cut that scene and instead did the type of saying that he never leaped home, which is like, it's weird because it's not the happy ending you hope for with that show, but it totally fits that show. Yeah. Because like Al, the bartender, not his hologram tells him you can go home anytime you want. Like, what do you well, want to do? Striving to make things better. And that's the thing. Like his Swiss cheese brain doesn't let him remember that. Like he actually doesn't want to go home. He uses that to get through the hard times, but like he wants to keep like helping people and do better, you know, has an interesting episode. It's really interesting too. I never would have picked this up except for because, because it's a very episodic show. It's not one that, you know how like, um, when they would rerun shows, not so much now, but in the older days when it was all videotape they would often play them out of order. Yeah. And like, that was not a show that was ever played out of order because the audience just wouldn't fucking tolerate it because like you get the, the beginning of the next episode, you have to play those in order. People get pissed. Right. Um, and so because of that, several times I watched the last episode and then watched the first episode right after it because that's just the order that it goes in, right? When you're playing on <laughs> reruns like that. And what I noticed is when you watch the first episode, that guy who plays Al the bartender, like who's probably God, like he's in his very first leap. He like plays a captain in the Air Force in that leap. He doesn't have a huge part, but he's there. Crazy. Like he's got like a good seven, eight minutes in the show. And so like he bookends that show. And so when you watch that, it's like, did they, and they obviously intended, like they knew they got the same actor, right? Like yeah. there's no way they're like just coincidentally hired the same guy twice. So is when he's playing the bartender, is that him like giving the appearance of somebody's helped or are they telling you that he was there from the very beginning watching Sam do these leaps i feel like it's the latter like they intended it that way i do too like but that's what i'm saying like i either way i think it's intention but do you think that their intention was to be like if you watched the if you knew figured that out from the first and last episode do you think their intention was that like god was basically watching him from the first episode like his first leap or do you think it's that 
in the last episode, God is taking a form of somebody that he helped, like that he's already helped. I think it's that um, God has been watching since the beginning. Yeah, that's what I think too. Why do you think that? I'm just curious. That's what I would hope because, you know, I, I would think that God would have a vested interest in this considering they also had the evil leaper, just, you know, the, the good and bad pole. I think that he would be watching from the beginning. By the way, the, the lady who helps the evil leaper is so great in that show. Like (laughs) such a great, like female counterpoint of Al. I love it, dude. And like we say, the evil leaper, but she's really only evil in the first episode. Yeah, because the hologram actually starts leaping at like in the the follow up episodes. Well, it's weird. There's like, is there three she get, of them with her? I yeah, think there's three, and it's weird because there's almost like a missing episode in between. Because like at the end of the first episode, he's like, "I'm like you." We're exactly the same. If you kill me, then you kill yourself. And he's like going through this thing. And then she like screams and like slashes her own face with her fingernails. And then she like leaps. And, uh, and that's where they leave it. He just like freaks her the fuck out. And then the next time he sees her and realizes it's her, he's like, he's like, we can leap together and like going through this whole thing as if like they're suddenly in this together and like, like they totally agreed on this or something. And it's like, dude, but she was like clawing her face off at you the last time she saw you like clawing her face and like pretending that he raped her. And yeah, it was real dark. Yeah. It was a, it was quite a leap in logic for him to go to that (laughs) side. But I love that. I love that, like, the evil computer is, like, Lothos, I think they say. It's not Ziggy. It's, like, Lothos or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I always love that. I love that, like, agents of hell need a computer to, like, (laughs) (laughs) tell them what's going to happen. It's not not the best thought out. (laughs) But it's fun. Counterpoint, but it's fun, yeah. It would have been, like, if I was the one writing that, like, looking back, I would have made them a corporation that was, like, changing things for profit. And so she was doing, like, evil, heinous shit because it would, like, line up and somehow make them dollar signs. Which was, like, a thing that Sam was very much against. They established many times that, like, he wouldn't use the future to, like, try and get money or anything like that. So um, that would have been an interesting counterpoint because you would have the evil thing, but, like, you don't get in that dicey territory of heaven and hell. But I like that they did it, too. Hell, I love those episodes, man. The Evil Leaper ones are my favorite. That one in the finale. You think they're ever going to make that movie? Never. <laughs> Never ever? Uh unless they completely reboot it, it's just not gonna happen. I was thinking that the other day, actually, because if someone were to tell me like, hey, they're gonna reboot the show, I could totally buy in on that and believe it. But I know Donald Bellasaro's been trying to get the movie made for a long time, and I've been thinking about it. And it's like I don't know that that's a tentpole movie. No. And if that's not a tentpole movie, I just don't think it gets made. You can't make it on an independent budget. No. And uh, I don't think it it draws enough asses in the seats for that. 
So maybe Belisario should start looking at it, making it like a a good like ten to thirteen episode show a season. Like if you're gonna reboot it, just fucking reboot it. Like just yeah, balls out. That again. that would be the only way I could see it continuing on. I gotta be honest. I would like to see like, I would like to see him step back into the role. I know he's old as shit, but give me Sam he's, Beckett again. Hey, there's a lot of shit that's happened since 1994. <laughs> or have him like, maybe have him like get home somehow and then like advising another like a lecherous leaper. Like maybe Al. he becomes Al. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he'll never be Al because he's like the the schoolboy, but maybe have the leaper be the lecherous like Al. <laughs> I think you need that, like, give and take. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe have him, like, maybe somebody else is leaping looking for him. That would be interesting, right? Like, maybe he had a kid with his wife that he doesn't remember. I don't know. Like I mean, when, oh, the- dude, I'm I'm coming up with a plot <laughs> right now. Okay. So that would have been, like, around 90 or 91, right? That like the episode where he he leaves home and like consummates his time with his wife. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking 26 26 years ago. Yeah. Something like that. You can have a dude who is about the age that he was in that and have it be his son and he's like trying to find his father. And so you can have that. Like you can have him in the show at some point as like an end point, but have it be like, it's not that the son's trying to leap home. It's that he's trying to find his dad. Like maybe he's found a way to leap home, but like he needs to find his father first. That would be interesting. And then you end the show. Like Sam can't come back home. Cause they already ended it saying he never returned home. (laughs) (laughs) So you got to honor that. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if they break the rules. We got to do this. Are you in on this? Let's reboot this show. We can reboot it now. Somebody get Donald P. Belisaro on the phone right now. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he's doing. I only know him from the credits on Quantum Leap. He's probably got time on his hands. <laughs> Let's get this guy. We'll bring in the people who rebooted Battlestar Galactica. They know what they're doing. There you go. We're going to make this happen. Should we come up with a casting list again now that it's TV instead of movies? <laughs> Remember when we came up the whole cast for Quantum Leap? Yeah, I don't think we have time for that. Okay. Well, <laughs> take it easy then. <laughs> I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable, but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A not safe for network podcast. 
take that OD and drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt just liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah. Yeah, believe the mustache because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not right. And the characters pick up on it right away and they lock him away. (laughs) You know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache. And when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. <laughs> like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, yeah, I'd be that worried punching... about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have given that punching bag Seminilla. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.